0: hello and welcome to the miller's gaming podcast episode number eight and yeah it's uh, the festive one the one before christmas the last one of the year last one before not just christmas but the holiday season should have said that first time uh yeah so i've actually made it to the end of the year another fresh year gone all right first i'm going to start with like housekeeping stuff so um First off, I I uploaded a, a Vita tenth anniversary ramble video to my uh, my little YouTube account, which uh, I I also uploaded the podcast on. By the way, which I felt done, I felt done pretty well, even though like I talked quite faster in it, and it was a while to get uploaded, and I even got the date wrong on it. Like I thought it was the tenth anniversary, was on the twelfth, but it was actually on the seventeenth. So I'd uploaded it on the seventeenth, and uh, by my standards, I think that's done pretty well. So. Um, Please consider watching it if you've not already and uh, the usual liking subscribing there. Especially if you're already watching it from YouTube. Uh, uh, Same with the other forms of engagement on other platforms like Spotify, etc. And that kind of thing. Because I have it on like six platforms so yay. Also in the new year I'm hoping I can start streaming again. Now I'm hopefully gotten a bit more confident with everything. Which I'm hoping you can kind of tell that by hearing me ramble a bit more openly especially compared to episode one and even the pilot so yeah twitch thing game again Miller, just follow it and you know just hope to do something but i'm i'm telling myself i'm gonna do it so like self-accountability and confidence boosting which you know is a pretty good way to help boost your confidence by the way that's a little friendly advice all right so um this is a festive episode so there's going to be some news a lot of news and some rumours, which I don't normally do, because and you'll see what we want to get to later. And then I'll be a little section of what I've played for usual. And then I'm going to do for the topics. I'm doing two shorter ones today, because it's a festive episode, so a little present from me to the small number of people listening to this, at least in 2021. It's gonna be great. First one's about um I broke my PS3. Give a very rough idea because I did part of the streaming thing one reason the streaming is i break a ps3 and uh talk about how i did it just for fun not going too much details because well it's i don't know all the platforms are all about but okay and then second parts briefly um favorite games of the year uh which isn't really like a top 10 or awards or anything like that because well i didn't really play many new releases but I will get to that, so let's start with the news, and, um, so, first off, uh, I'll start with a little interesting thing, because I don't talk much about the Vita now, aside from that video, but East Soft, a company based in, like, Hong Kong, have been, they basically printed a ton of limited physical Vita releases a while ago, and every other month or so, they've been putting, them up on play asia which to sell which sell out really quickly and i've largely moved on from the vita so i've not followed it closely but i'm kind of aware that like and this is interesting part. um this month there was the last ever pair of vita games announced which they released already that it already went on Playasia, it's already sold out so you can't buy it now unless you want to go on ebay And they were A Winter's Daydream, which is a visual novel from Ebihimi, which is probably the only Vita physical that will come out of them in terms of Vita games ever. And a game called Moose Man, which is a platformer apparently. I don't know much about either of them, but it's kind of typical for these days to kind of have these like lower budget, lower, lower radar games, which some of them are actually pretty good from what I've heard, but I've never ever dug into them personally. And yeah, it's, um, I saw the news, it was quite it was quite sad, because it's like, as I mentioned, like, 10th anniversary of the PS Vita, and it's basically the end of an era, like, like, my initial thoughts were, yeah, it seems at the end, but nothing else will get released, because at the end of the day, all the characters have been printed, they're just going through the last ones, and... Uh, some people in the Vita community for what I've seen have been speculating that because of the wording of the, the announcements and the fact that they've not responded to comments clarifying if it's the last release, people suspect there's a final bigger game that will get released next year, which I'm inclined to think might be true because, like, as I mentioned about the, the two games here, are, like, not big titles, they're just kind of like, like, gems are probably good, but not really big titles. And then some people felt like a bit underwhelming, but I'm um, I'm kind of on the fence with that, so I don't have opinions on either of those games, even though I'd like to play Winter's Daydream someday, because it's English and a visual novel. But some people but some people hoping it's a bigger title and I'm inclined to agree that I hope it's a bigger title, because like, I think there's only one game on the Vita that I really would go all out and get. Uh, well, actually technically two. And one was the Utah War remake, which is Prelude to the Fallen, which came out digital only in 2020. But the very last, like, I'd say the last big, big release after Far Tomorrow and Nurse Love Syndrome. And then Amnesia Memories, which was another digital-only VN from Otamate Idea Factory in English, which did come out a while ago. And I'd consider those big titles and apparently Ultra Core got a sweeter version, but I don't know if that's actually true or not because I don't follow that part closely, but that's what I think people mean by bigger titles, and in fairness, I'd like to see something like that. Especially because, like, while it's understandable that the Utah 1 remake never got a physical version, I just wish Amnesia Memories did, which, like, that came out, like, six years ago in English. Yeah, over six years ago. And no physical happened, and it's even on Switch in Japan, and there's not been a localization of that, wacky, and it's like, it'd be nice to get a physical of that, but if it, if it exists, it already does, but if it doesn't exist, then it won't happen at this point because again end of an era and uh I have go on for ages about this but yeah um i'm interested in if if there's any more but i don't think there is but even so like it's had a great run like vita physicals have arguably almost outlived the 3DS like there's fitness might be still a couple of limited physicals from pixel heart like a, a new print publisher but in terms of actual re- physical games it's just vivin there were far far more than people ever expected for that thing when it was like oh like it may have been a commercial failure in the grand scheme of things especially compared to the 3ds and the switch but it's still a great console and i love it it's a great console and it's still one of my favorites so i'm just glad it got as many physicals it did i've got a lovely collection i showed off like half of mine in my ramble video i talked about it which uh, by the way is a gonna on the channel i think i'll actually link it in the description of the podcast if anyone's watching it on the computer and want to click it and can view it there because of course i will plug myself several times all right i'm gonna i only need to stop and talk about the next thing um next up was i'm um, briefly mentioned the game awards um i was going to watch it and i was going to power nap and i woke up at 7 a.m the next morning because Bear in mind, I'm in I'm, I'm UK, unfortunately, so I ended up sleeping, because I didn't want, it was basically from 12 to 4, something like that for the thing, and when you're watching a game stream all the night, it's just, ugh, it's so draining and tiring, and a lot of people just have to skip it, and it's understandable, really, and yeah, I ended up sleeping through it, and I was a bit disappointed at first, but in I'm kind of glad, because there wasn't much, there wasn't much there I was interested in, like, uh, Nintendo didn't turn up at all, like aside from awards and stuff, like no actual announcements which people were expecting, and then a lot of the other announcements just were not interesting to me. And then the other thing was like the ongoing issues of like video game industry abuse, and from what I heard there was a vague statement done, and then five minutes later there was a trailer for a product from Quantic Dream, which is a company that is one of the many companies that have had abuse allegations held with them so i'm gonna say of them. let's be honest if people in the games industry lower down the ladder are coming out saying this person this company's abusive it's very likely true because they've got neither actual way of recourse otherwise so it's just allegations from the like a legal standpoint personally i'm inclined to believe like everything's true so in the whole like less both sides abuse by not having a very having a vague statement but then not like saying we, can't, we have to condemn abuse at Activision Blizzard. We have to condemn abuse at Ubisoft. Quantic Dream and it has to be specific. Otherwise, if it's vague, it's just, oh, let's just put on a top hat and dance and let's look cool and let's say the right things, but actually be complicit by not condemning specific people. On a completely unrelated note, there's a uh, Activision Blizzard exec on the advisory board for the Game Awards. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Um, uh, next up is a uh, Persona stuff, so Persona news and Persona rumors, which because uh, there was actually a Persona announcement at the Game Awards, and then there were rumors and leaks later, which I'm going to talk about. I don't. I tend not to want to talk about leaks because it's like well, not leaks, but rumors, because a lot of time it's not true and it's just uh, content that's kind of click especially when it turns out to be wrong and then I look like a clown. So. So first off, I'll start with uh, the announcement, which was that Persona Four Arena Ultimax is um, coming to the West for PS4, Switch, and PC. Which um, yeah, actually, I'm um, like a lot of people got upset because not Persona Five, but it's like as a Persona fan, like I'm actually glad to see it come back, like as it exists. Because for a start, this is um, apparently it's a very good fighting game. I've not played it. I have. Or right, I have bought the PS Three copy in the past, but I had to get rid of it partly because it's worth more money now, and I needed the money. But the um the games like based this version is based on the two point five arcade version, which as far as I'm aware only existed in Japan till now, which is good to see. Um, the downside it was kind of low key announced afterwards by the PR that it's digital only in the West. So yeah, it's a bit disappointing to be honest. I was a bit disappointed at first, and it's like. Open the Japanese version as English support because that is getting a physical over there, which I don't see why it shouldn't. But then I don't think Catherine Fullbody or Shin Megami Tenzei Five did, even though they were released physically in both the West and Japan. But I mean, for like twenty nine ninety nine dollars, which will probably go to about twenty five pounds, it's not too bad. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but I decide if, if it's not physical, I'll probably just end up getting it in a sale because not gonna like spend full price on the on a digital only release when it should have gone a physical yeah and also the whole like it's it's still good to see and like people just can say episode so no p5r just like you know maybe consider this because it's like a smaller game in comparison so it'll come and so um speaking of uh things now i'm going to start leaning to like a rumor territory for the first thing which is the rumor and then the leak which leak is uh, more my street than the rumour, but Persona 3 Portable is rumoured to be the game getting ported next, and it's from a person called Zipper, which was the person who leaked Ultimax's port back in July by just posting, oh, Ultimax is coming, and now they're just saying P3B is coming, which... So maybe it's actually true, maybe it's not, I don't know. But I'm hoping it is, because I never played P3 at all, partly because... One, because of the two different versions having exclusive content. And the second reason is because they're both expensive now. Like, in the US, FES is still kind of affordable, but P3P and FES in Europe are, are just really expensive. Like, you're unpaid £100 for a portable game, which is uh, an FES, which is a lot, especially when you know it's not got all the content in comparison. And honestly, it's just like, I think it's new, it needs a port or even a remake, just to bring the port to modern platforms with the exclusive content from both P3P and FES, and to various like accessibility and quality of life tweaks that make them a more easier to approach experience, if that makes sense, and then just have that in one package for an affordable price, and you'll get a lot of people. And not only that, but it would also have the side effect of Forcing the prices of the PS2 and the PSP versions of the games to actually come down, so if people want to get those afterwards, they can get them for less money. Because paying hundred pounds for P3P or FES, most likely more, especially for P3P, is ridiculous. It's silly, and you can still get P3P on the Vita store, by the way, at the moment. But that will probably end up that will go away next year at some point when Sony decides to shut a store down again which will most likely be next year. And finally, I'm going to talk about the um, the accidental leak, because Sega accidentally left something up, which basically suggests heavily that Persona 4 Golden is actually coming to the Switch and PS4 as well. And so basically what it was that someone, I can't remember the exact person, but somebody was basically playing around with the website and like just typing things into the URL bar to see what could come up. And they put in the, the phrase Q2, and it came with the uh, Midnight Channel Collection page for not just Ultimax, but it had Persona 4 Golden as well. So it's basically a page saying that, that on so on PC, you can get Ultimax cheaper if you have Persona 4 Golden, it's something like that. It's like a discount on them both, you know, like those Steam bundles. And so it's basically implying that it's got, it's of that on PS4 and Switch as well, and... Um, Honestly, um, I'm glad to, to even know it that it exists, and it's great. Because if that is accurate, then yeah, Persona Four Golden is coming to Switch and PS4. And I put this down that I hope it's true. One, because P4G is one of my favorite games ever, and secondly, because I think this would actually be a good opportunity to actually release a physical Midnight Channel collection. So have have a copy of Persona Four Golden and a copy of Persona 4 Arena Ultimax in one bundle because when Atlas released the Persona 5 and three dancing games in the west they released it in a bundle called the Endless Night Collection which had each game on a separate disc and a bonus goodie which I think if Atlas released that here for P4G and P4 Arena Ultimax I think that would go down very well and actually be better than what the thing is now which would be nice. And it would be a lovely little compromise to no separate physical releases, which I hope is true. I hope that happens. I mean, P4G coming to Switch would be amazing by itself. And I would I would be debating getting that game again, because I, I have it on Vita. It's expensive as hell on the Vita, by the way, now. And it's been nice to play it on another platform, especially with... Uh, so it can look it better. Cause I know one time I played it on the PSTV, it kind of looked a bit blurry when you're moving it about a bit. wasn't the best like in that respect, cause even though the overall, like... Port was good the floor exists on pc as well from what i saw of the gameplay footage but it still looked great and it look looking better on a console especially once on the switch i really hope because i would play it again on the switch because it's amazing all right in terms of what i've played um smt5 put on a break for now i'm just a bit burnt out like i know people like oh it's not a game you should get burnt out on but for me it's like i just get burnt out after like 30 40 hours of an rpg in general you know it's like incredible so it's like, I'm going to put it back burner for now, like, very, like, not, like, forever. Like, probably, like, a few weeks at most from, like, a couple of weeks ago. Because I decided to basically go back and finish Sakura Wars because I got that almost done. Like I'm literally on the final boss now. It's actually quite hard. Because, like, chapter 8 for that game is basically three SRPG battles. And I think after the final boss, there's a bit more dialogue stuff and then it finally ends, which well, I can kind of see. But... Yeah, I do like it. I love it. And I can see why the series is like so beloved in Japan, which Yeah, it's good. I love it. Um other thing is like IVT, which um Fivum Game, which I talked about before. The uh, the you know, like the Hatsumiku style gameplay but for I Vocaloid and um, Yeah, that's um still incredible as always. I actually played that, like, standing up. In a queue waiting for my COVID booster. So I was literally, literally standing around in, the, in this long queue. Outside in the cold playing this game. Because the queue for the boosters was like three hours long. Like seriously I went there like one afternoon. They'd come out till evening. It was that long. By the way if you haven't got your COVID booster yet. Get your vaccine and get your booster. Just saying. And I'm not dealing with anti-vax shit in the comments. You can fuck off. Uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going really off track now, which is uh kind of good. But you know, get your vaccines. Unless, of course, you genuinely can't for medical reasons. Just that disclaimer, just to make sure I'm being inclusive of people who genuinely can't have them, but not an anti-vax. Fuck. All right, and then um, finally, which um, um, I'm I'd say I've started it, but I'm gonna just mention it, just not mention it now and talk about it more in the next episode And I've played more of it because it's a, uh, uh, I I picked up a um. I got I got sent some gift money from my family for Christmas, so I imported a couple of things early. So I have on Christmas Day and I did actually open one of them to start and it's um Firaiki 4 which is um uh the Nipponichi software and Fog aka Full On Games right latest release, which I'll talk about in the next episode. It's a Japanese exclusive title, so I do need to I do need to use guides and um, fumble around a bit, but, you know, I'll work something out, but I don't want to talk about it now if I've only played, like, an hour or two, because really not enough to get first impression, especially on a game that's in Japanese and will probably never get a Western release. All right, I'm going to move on to the first, like, mini topic of the sec- of the two topics I've chosen for today's, like, episode, and that's basically about a very rough overview of how I jailbroke my PS3, because, um... I uh, went on the hunt for a test kit, basically. There's like models of the PS3 that that come out, but usually only go to developers or for games journos to review games on, and that kind of thing. And some of them do actually make it out into the wild, and I got one. And one reason why is because, not just with streaming, but also to play... Games from other regions, because for those who don't know, the PS2 and the PlayStation One are both region locked consoles. I Me, mean, even the PS3 is, if you like, consider two games to be like region locked, because you can add them in manually for the PS3, like Persona 4 Arena, which is quite ironic considering the other games discussed today. Um, but that aside, um, it was just for it to get the idea to get them all in one console, and then it's normally says like money hunting down. So you don't have to save money hunting getting these consoles from all these other regions. It also means that it's better, for, it's better for the environment as well because you can use that like one console, and I thought it was pretty good. And um, I managed to get one, but I ended up getting the wrong console by mistake because, like with the PS3, there is the fat models which have native backwards compatibility, the slim which doesn't have native backwards compatibility of PS2. And then there's a Super Slim, which it doesn't, which um, is a, even, like, the third rendition, which I did have a Super Slim in the past, but I don't anymore. Um, so basically what happened was I ended up getting a Slim and not a Fat, so it meant that even though I had this test kit, I still had to hack it to be able to, like, play these reason games. So a bit annoying, but I later found out it was quite easy to, like, jailbreak the ps3 it was basically just i'll give a nutshell i'm not going to give a detailed guide here mainly because one i don't know what's in front of me and two because i'm a little concerned that if i like talk at length about it on platforms it might not be allowed so to speak so i'll just give a very rough overview which is so basically it was like with the ps3 you can use the usb drives to install updates and so basically it's how people like downgrade the firmware which is what was needed and then install the the the, the custom firmware and so i i did that and um, my firmware i had to downgrade it to 3.55-001d which is a, is the test kit firmware and it's slightly different with a test kit compared to a, a consumer model which is what you get in the shops it's space key because there's already, like, debug settings in the test kit. And because these are there, it's something called QA flagged. So it's basically, it has extra settings that a consumer PS3 does not. And actually, interesting side note, one of them is actually the ability to bypass uh, the restrictions on capturing footage. So, like, if you recorded with a capture card, you'd need a HDMI spirit to record from the PS3 because of, like, copy protection in the... Do like the the drive or wherever it is the leads, I'm not sure. But with the custom firmware, not custom or if we technically with custom firmware as well, but with the test kits, you don't have that there, you can turn it off. Which is really cool actually. And because it's already there, it's easier to modify, which I really liked actually. So after doing that and upgrading it, I had to like things like disable PSM which is something else that can also be done easy with the test kit because it's got the the options uh I can't remember its name but I don't think it's okay to name the specific custom firmware but after looking at recommendations which uh, you can quite easily look up yourself there was one that was compared to the Swiss army knife of PS3 custom firmware which seemed to be what I was looking for so I got it and um Best part about it, it has really badass background music. Like, I, I fucking loved it. The music for this, like, custom firmware was so fucking cool. And it was like having this, like, console with this different firmware like some guy made years ago. It was like, oh, this is so cool. It's this feeling of just being pure coolness, and it was just really great, and I loved it. The other interesting thing was I um, had to basically learn how to dump ROMs. Now, this is a very key reason why a lot of people... Do custom firmware and emulation. Because if you dump ROMs. It helps with game preservation. Which is true. Like it's it's like. It's one pro physical copy as well. Because you can use them to dump ROMs. Legally. And not have to resort to piracy. And yeah. It was because. I had to dump the ROMs. Because I couldn't play the game straight in the drive. Like I could put my games in. They'd load. But. I couldn't actually play them, so to speak. Like, I could see the disc saying PlayStation 2 software, and it would start, but I couldn't actually play them. So I still had to dump these ROMs. So I had to literally get these, like, PS2 games out and go into them and, like, dump the ROMs in the software and read the guides and stuff. And it was so so cool. And then I was, like, opening up the title screen of these games, just to test that they worked. And it was a bit of a little fiddly process, but it worked, and it's like, here I am with this, like, this PS2 emulation on a ps3 it's not the best emulation because it is ps2 emulation on ps3 where most games will play fine a few will have issues and some won't work at all but the games i want to play on the original ps3 they work fine so yeah i have this option and i'm gonna at some point next year start sitting through these ps3 games with this this little emulation i hope goes okay but i know some of these older games do have like ps2 classics re-releases and if you're playing a ROM based on that on a PS3, you're basically playing the same quality release as that. And yeah, while I wish I could have gotten the PS3 Fat model, which you'd see in things like Metal Jesus Rocks's video on the PS3 test system, that kind of thing, which is what I saw in the first place, it's still nice. To, it's still nice to have. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, I love it. And uh, I'm kind of interested into looking to jailbreaking more consoles and get more stuff. On like I want to to jailbreak a Wii at some point. Partly so I can check out the Mario Kart custom tracks because that game has a huge like fan modding scene which has continued even long after the servers shut down officially. Where not only did they bring the multiplayer servers back, but brought back like hundreds of custom tracks. Like, and I mean literally hundreds. Like you can go on YouTube and just watch like people playing these tracks. It's incredible. And there was even tracks late releasing last year, as far as I remember, even this year. Like they're still doing them. And like some of them are like remakes of retro tracks that don't appear in Kart. we others are tracks that were made for later games it's just incredible and it's it's so cool and I love it and I want to check it out myself and probably not participate online mainly because people will be hackers and that kind of thing but I think that would be so cool to check out and maybe even the stream because that is so cool and I love it and <sighs> yeah it's like official software can only get you so far with consoles. And, like, having this extra stuff to tinker with is really cool. So I'm really glad I uh, went on this little excursion. And hopefully the first of many. So, um, yeah. And also, a bit worse, Hakuna Wii U to get rid of the region lock so I can play uh, Takuna Attached in, in Japanese, which will be even cooler, by the way. And a final little topic, which won't be as long, but it's basically the um, uh, my personal favourite games this year because there were, uh, like, some that I've played, mainly, like, mostly older releases but some new stuff as well okay so first off my game of the year hands down smt 5 one because it probably was always going to be my game of the year anyway because it's absolutely incredible i just love the open world well not quite open world but it was like it very open it felt like a lot of depth in it it's incredible and the gameplay and stuff it's just so much fun and um Also, because I didn't play much else this year in terms of new stuff, like, at all. Like, I wanted to get East Nine. I never got around to getting it, mainly because whenever it went on sale, I didn't have the money at the time, so it was like, I had to skip it. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get a copy before it gets ridiculously expensive. So, yeah, uh, good luck to me. Woo. Um, Next one was, I I also picked up 3D World Plus Bowser's Fury, which um, I did play as well. Hadn't played 3D World before because it was a Wii U exclusive and I didn't get around to getting it on the Wii U, but I really enjoyed it. And Bowser's Fear was incredible, especially like how it put really unique twist on not just a 3D World formula, but just 3D Mario in general, which I loved, and I'm glad we've got this new little content for Mario's 35th anniversary, which was well worth the price for admission, and definitely recommend picking it up if you haven't already. Same of SMT5, by the way. In terms of some retro games, um I just put a little list down of a few things I liked. Um, I forgot all the names of all the games I finished this year, to be honest. So I've probably forgotten the games, which is typical of me, to be honest. And I've only included games that I've finished. one exception, which is right at the end. Um, Kirby Planet Robobot, which is the 3DS platformer game. And uh, yeah, with Kirby, it's cute. I loved it. Seventh Dragon 3, the Sega RPG. Uh, Project Cross Zone for the 3DS, which I was playing early, which is absolutely incredible music and gameplay, just really fun. Uh cell setter for the Vita, which was more recently, which I liked as well. Uh, I played Food Code Realize for the Switch earlier this year as well, so that was fun as well. And I then put, from what I've played so far, which is kind of tentative, Fata Mora as well, which is the house in Fata Morgana, which... I'm hoping goes well when I finish it. It's I had to put that one down because kind of like Mother of Alternative, which I mentioned in my video, Vita video. It's just so intense and triggering. It's like I need to put it down and I'll come back to it later and then I'll finish it, hopefully, and be able to hopefully like it. Which I do love it. Like even even if I end up not like I think once I finish the main story, I'll probably have had my feel of it. Like the fan discs affair, it's cool, but it's just so it's. Very difficult and I'm not really sure if I want to dig into the fan now and I'm just gonna my heart broken again, but it depends on how the game ends, which um I will hopefully find it next year. Um I do have a list of games I want to try to get beat next year, which um I'm I'm gonna talk about that next episode because one, because content and two because it gives me more flexibility on what to do then and Hopefully, maybe, who you knows? maybe during Christmas when I'm done with, like, maybe the SMT5 or whatever, I can start on them as well, maybe get one done, because some of them are, like, games that started a while ago and have only just come close to finishing, so, like, some are, like, a few hours long, some of them are, like, oh, loads of hours long, just, you know, that's the life of when you're playing games, especially, like, VNs and JRPGs, and... Yeah, it's a lot, and um, I'm going to stop there. So, I've been, I've been about this over 30 minutes, which is a fucking lot, especially for my standards. So, this episode is going to be very long, but consider it a festive present from me to you, the listener, the person who is listening, the person who hopefully enjoyed this podcast, the person who will hopefully leave a like, comment, subscribe, etc., on all various metrics engagements across each of the platforms that they use. So, and the person who will hopefully tune into the next episode, which will not be until next year. So,. Uh, First week of January, if not a second, there will be another episode, the usual, Camila's Game Room. I'll be here, I'll be back, I'll be queer, I will be ready to start talking about 2022 and why I hope it's better than 2021 and all sorts of various other stuff. So, happy holidays to everyone, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.